Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 87 with Ethan Butte of BombBomb. Now, Ethan's been on the show a couple of times prior, but he wrote a book a couple of years ago. Uh, probably getting the time frame wrong there, but it's a really good book. And we talk about a very, very important and powerful topic, which is customer experience and personalization through video but we dive a lot deeper into the weeds and he gives you some really specific examples on how you can leverage this medium, this tool to improve sales, to improve meetings, uh, and basically improve the overall customer experience. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay tuned for episode 87 with Ethan Butte. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about BuildBook, who in addition to sponsoring this episode, they've developed a program to help all of you during this extremely difficult time. If you don't know what they do, they offer a tool that funnels all the conversations and decisions that occur between you, your team, and your client before, during, and after projects into one place and made it dead simple to use. They've taken something that is chaotic for most of you, like staying on top of all the messages you're getting over text, phone calls, job site conversations, you name it, and brought it into one channel that's simple for anyone on your team to use. Look, I don't need to tell you guys this, but good, clear communication with your clients and team is more critical now than it has ever been. BuildBook knows how important this is for you as well, but also knows the strain this crisis is having on your business. So they're offering their software to you for free. Yes, you heard that correctly. To help you get through this unprecedented time, BuildBook has put together a program to provide you with some free resources, including their software. It's an amazing opportunity that I strongly encourage you to take advantage of. So hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777. That's one word, BUILDBOOK. They'll immediately send you a link that brings you directly to the page to sign up. There are no strings attached. It's just their way of doing what they can to support your business. So go ahead and hit pause and text BuildBook, one word, to 33777 to get your free account. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey, Ethan, glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for the return opportunity. I love spending time with you, whether it's here on the show or at the Chipotle in downtown Colorado Springs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, I don't know if it's a regular occurrence, but it's a semi-regular, you know, we try to make it down there when we can. And yeah, it's always a good time. It's nice because that's only like a couple minute walk uh, for you, which I'm very jealous. It's like a six minute drive for me, which seems far, you know, but yeah, uh, we're spoiled, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. And, you know, part of it was prompted when we had a, we have a local HubSpot user group that we run and we do about four uh, events every year. And uh, Ethan came and presented at our last uh, event. And lots of good questions came up. And I think you just have a really good take on this whole like customer experience, but integrating technology and video, but also like 
contextualizing things and personalizing things. So I thought we could spend some time digging into that. Um, but I think, you know, let's maybe just set the stage and provide a little bit of framework. You know, what is it that you guys are doing and kind of the mission that you guys have been trying to push over the last few years? I know it's evolved since you started with the company. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I've been at BombBomb eight and a half years full time. And the first several years were like, you know, who's going to subscribe to this? Who's going to use it? Who is actually using it? How are they using it? What's happening as a consequence of it? And as, as the only marketing guy for a few years there, I spent a lot of time doing that. And it's just so, so valuable. I don't think any of us can really understand our customers, specifically our best customers well enough. And so um, that, that was really, really fun. And it laid the groundwork for a lot of the work that I'm doing today. So for folks who aren't familiar, we just, we believe that you are better in person. We believe that healthy businesses are built on legit relationships and that in the context of all the digital channels we rely on every day, we're missing opportunities every time we click send to be a little bit more personal, a little bit more human with simple, lightweight, casual, conversational, unscripted videos in our emails, in our text messages, in our LinkedIn messages or Facebook messages. Um, And so we just make it really easy to record and send videos. And so how that ties to customer experience, and we can go deeper into that as well, is that is it at its core, I believe that customer experience is all about how we make people feel. And when you can look one person in the eye through the camera lens and let them feel seen and heard and appreciated to answer their question, to pat them on the back, to kick them in the butt, whatever you need to do, whether it's a, a, a customer, prospective customer, employee, or anyone else in your business ecosystem, there's just something really meaningful about doing that in a more fully human way than relying faceless digital communication. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I remember, um, you know, you said you made the point, you know, that we're just better in person. I remember part of your presentation, you kind of took us back through the history, you know, and, and do you think, I guess, why do you think it is that we're better in person? What is it about that method of communication that just is superior to, you know, just audio or, you know, some other, you know, just writing something down and writing a letter, that sort of thing. Sure. And I, I, I'll do a drive-by in the history, but one thing I'll offer is that anytime I open up and ask that, whether it's in an intimate setting, like, like the group that we were in there that evening, or whether it's in a, you know, an auditorium full of people and you just ask for a call out, you know, um, people and just intuitively know I'm better in person, especially people in sales, but you know, most people will recognize, yes, I connect more effectively and I communicate more clearly when I'm face to face with other people. And it's because we're a social species. It's the way we have, we have millennia. This is the history component of it. We have millennia of experience as a species. And so think about the evolutionary consequences and benefits of this, of communicating exclusively eye to eye, face to face. The only way we could communicate with other people Um, And specifically through spoken language, which has been over 100,000 years, I've seen estimates as low as 50,000 and estimates much, much higher. The number I tend to use is 150,000 years. We've been looking each other in the eye and speaking to one another as a social species. And it's only been 5,000 years or one thirtieth of the amount of time that we've been capturing phonetic sounds, things that we say and writing them down. We had some symbols and other things prior to that, but phonetic sounds written down in order to represent what we want to communicate is only 5,000 years old, but only until about 500 years ago, um, 
most humans on earth were illiterate, even in the developed world, even in the Western mm. world, uh, literacy didn't really start taking off until about 500 years ago. And so that's one 300th the amount of time. So when you think about every single day, as we develop as a species, uh, generation to generation, day to day, hour to hour, millennia to millennia, no matter the time frame, we're constantly doing things that find that we find to be effective. And so We've reached this point where human facial expression of emotion is both universal and innate. It's universal in that we all do it the exact same way across societies, across cultures, even blind folks in athletic competitions was the way this research was done, express their joy and victory the same way as sighted people do. And so this is just intuitive to us. You can watch someone speaking another language at say like a press conference uh, on a news channel on television and you don't know what they're saying. Let's just pretend there's no translator. You have no idea what they're saying, but you know whether it's good news or bad news or whether they're excited or whether they're anxious or whether they're concerned all because of the way our faces, our bodies express all of the other meaning in the message besides the actual words that we're saying. It's also innate in that we can all do it from birth. Um, there's some research that I leaned on in uh, the book that I co-authored with my friend and team member, Steve Passanelli, uh, called Rehumanize Your Business about this, that, um, that infants tap a, uh, a, a more important and higher processing part of their brain in recognizing faces from infancy. And so we all do this from birth. We, can, we know when our parents are excited. We know when they're scared. We know when they're happy. We don't know what it all means you know, consciously as infants, but we can yeah, all recognize can faces. Though, right? yeah. Yeah, correct. The feeling is the key, right? And this is, that's the anchor into customer experience. Yeah. And, and that's, it makes a lot of sense because it seems like it's just kind of baked into our DNA and not that we can't evolve, but that, that part has just always been there. And like you said, 150,000 years or a hundred thousand, you know, whatever it is, it's a big number. And, and that's been steady throughout the whole time. And then we've added these other forms of communication, but that still is there. And so, yeah, I think you and I were talking about how it, it seems like the internet is starting to commoditize like a lot of industries or services or products. I mean, all you have to do really is look to Amazon and you can see that happening at scale when you go and just look at, you know, any given product and you see tons of options and you can just figure out the lowest price and it's probably still going to be decent quality, you know, co comparable. Uh, but that's happening in almost every industry, some faster than others. So you know, does, does video play a role in that? Or is that a way that we can start to separate ourselves from competition or other brands? Um, I guess, how do you see the, the intersection of those things? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think a lot of folks um, in a lot of the businesses that we work in, we do a ton of business in real estate, mortgage, automotive, financial advisory. I'll just stop there. We serve people in hundreds and hundreds of different roles and businesses and industries. But let's just take a look at those four. All four of those are facing exactly what you described, which is, you know, another word for it is disintermediation, right? So a company is going to use a web app or a tool in order to take the person out of the transaction uh, in order to save costs or produce a higher overhead or whatever the case may be. In some cases, the customers actually prefer it. I don't know about you, 
but I, you know, I generally prefer going to someone who's going to swipe all my groceries and punch in the number for onions and garlic into the machine. And then I pay with my credit card instead of going to self-serve. Like I don't, I like being served by people and connecting with people in, in, in most of my transactions, but that isn't always the case. And so like businesses and, and individuals are deciding where am I willing and able to pay for a human to be involved? Because humans cost money. Of course, a tech install costs money too. Tech maintenance costs money too. But in general, most of those decisions are in order to eliminate overhead by eliminating people who get sick, require health insurance, want to go yeah. on vacation. Need That's sleep, crazy. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe want some participation in a 401k plan. Um, and so ultimately, what I'm encouraging our customers and people in our community to do is really look at where do they and how do they add value to the process? Where is trust super, super important? Where can you turn down the heightened negative or anxious emotions? Where can you be more clear? Where can you hold a hand? Where can you pat someone on the back? Where can you do these really unique human things that make us feel better about ourselves and about our service provider and about the situation and about the timeline and all these other things that are involved in, in some of these more you know, moderately complex transactions. Uh, and so when we're really clear about what is appropriate to be automated and when we are clear about where we can add unique value as a human being using human qualities making other humans feel a particular way in a way that a machine or an algorithm or a web interface just can't, um, that's where you're going to win. And so if you continue to hide behind this cloak of digital anonymity, and by that I mean sending out faceless emails, faceless text messages, faceless voicemails, faceless social messages, even faceless social posts, and all these opportunities we have to be more of ourselves and to have people feel more connected to us um, are all missed opportunities. I think we really need to, as, as we um, as we really weigh out, and I've seen this in, in articles, I've seen it in books, I've seen it in keynote speeches, as you know, tech has really come up, especially what I'm thinking about here is artificial intelligence, machine learning, et cetera, and even dumb automation, if this, then that, you know, rule sets down, 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 down. Um, as all of this has really come up strongly over the past decade, it's really forced us to think about um, what is the right role of the person? What is the right role of the tech? How do we deploy them in an appropriate way? Um, we've obviously seen errors on both sides. People cling too deeply exclusively to human, and we've seen people go way heavy into tech and it just blows up in their face. And, you know, so there's a balance to be struck. It depends on how you want to go to market as a company and as a brand. Uh, and it also depends on who you're serving, how you're serving them, and, and how you're competing against some of these services that are disintermediating the human. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So let's dig in a little bit to customer experience, because I think that term is being thrown around a lot and probably has varying definitions depending on what resource you're looking at. But I guess I'm curious, how do you look at that word or describe that? And then let's dive in and kind of answer with some examples of your question, which is what are some of these points that you can add some value through a human interaction or experience? Um, so yeah, let's start with customer experience. Like how do you see that? You know, what does that mean? Sure. I've interviewed over 70 people now and 
uh, around customer experience in particular, people in a wide variety of roles and industries, primarily sales, marketing, and customer success, some founders, some branding experts, some executives, but really the sales, marketing, customer success kind of group, the revenue organization. And I always ask that question, what does it mean to you? And so, you know, going into it, I didn't really have anything all that shaped up. It's been a really interesting journey over the last year, like deep into these conversations, but some characteristics that are top of mind. Again, I think its essence is how we make people feel. How do people feel after interacting with us or our website or uh, at a conference or a trade show? or when they pick up our flyer at the display at that one place where our flyers are on display, (laughs) or when they call us, or when they walk into our office, how are they greeted? So it's this, how we make people feel throughout their entire relationship with us. So that's the front line of it. But then the next layer is obviously those, those feelings turn into thoughts and ultimately stories, stories our customers tell other people that they leave as online reviews and and these other types of things. And so it becomes manifest in a variety of ways, but just in what I offered so far, customer experience is built interaction by interaction. Those interactions are every touch point with you and your product, your service, your people, your brand, your collateral, et cetera. And so what I've been trying to explore is how do we create more alignment across all of these teams and all of these pieces so that it's, that it's coherent, intentional, meaningful. I haven't come up with a single one good answer on it. I will say <laughs> culture is a really big deal. How you communicate the importance and the value of customers, how clear you are on the problems that you solve for them and what gets them really excited and what makes them anxious. The more you can communicate that to the entire team, the better off you're going to be. I think just the internal communication is one of the pieces um, that has become even more important uh, to me through the course of these conversations. So those are just a few high level thoughts and parting here on this topic, unless we want to go deeper still, we can. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's this idea that it's happening whether you want it to or not. So yes. even if you've never thought about customer experience ever, it's happening whether you know it or not. And so you might just as well take control of it. Yeah. They're, they're experiencing something, you know? And so, yeah, you want to obviously dictate that as much as possible uh, in the positive direction. And tee it up. I mean, it's their unique experience too. That's another big quality is all you can do is your side of it. You can't control how they feel. If they show up and interact with one of your team members and they just got some awful news and they're in a bad state of mind and they're really rude, you know, you can either leave it as is and you just deal with it as is, and they might perceive the experience as negative because they were just in a negative state of mind, or you might attune your team members to trying to turn that situation around and stop and stop asking product and service questions and instead say, hey, how are you doing today, right? And defuse the situation. There's so, so many actionable items that can happen there, but it's their experience and all we can do is show up for our side of it uh, and engage with it as it's happening. Yeah. And I think too, you know, let's maybe dive into some examples of where you can insert kind of some more human elements and, and let's talk about video too, as a tool, because uh, you know, we're not always able to be, you know, in person and sometimes it's just not effective either, you know, in terms of a time standpoint, but, but we can leverage video. Um, but we can do it at all stages of the process. I think a lot of times you think customer experience, you're thinking, oh, once they're a customer, 
but I think it really starts from the marketing side, then it moves into the sales process and then becomes when they're actually a customer. And so you've got that whole journey, but maybe what are a couple of good examples that you've seen as you've been interviewing folks and you're, you know, writing your book. And I know you guys help a lot of people implement video, but are there a few that stand out that maybe, you know, builders or remodelers listening could take away and go, oh, that's maybe a great place I could insert, you know, a personalized video or a way to boost the experience, so to speak. Sure, absolutely. I'll give you a few really good, easy ones that I know have made a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, but first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the divide, that sales side and the, and the service side of it. Uh, someone really described it in simple terms for me as, you know, kind of the sales and marketing side is the promise and the service and fulfillment side is the fulfillment of the promise. And so that's why the two need to be completely aligned and you need these feedback loops both ways so that everyone like that. knows, yeah. knows that. And so it's the, and, and then, and then above that, the promise itself is the brand. The brand is some kind of a promise of value or promise of experience. And so it needs to be positioned the right way, pre-commitment, and it needs to be delivered and fulfilled the right way and consistently post-commitment so that there's this, you know, holism in the, in the thing and that results in repeat purchasing, referrals, positive online reviews, et cetera. So we'll start though over on the promise side. I think um, no matter how you're generating leads, whether you're doing some combination of inbound and outbound, whether you're 100% inbound, whatever the case may be, you have something that you call a lead or a prospect or an opportunity or something. The language doesn't super matter. And you need to turn that opportunity into a conversation. You need to get someone on the phone or, or typically the phone is in a step to get them onto an appointment, whether it's in person or whether it's like a, a Zoom call as we're doing now or something like that. Um, and so differentiating yourself, getting people to raise their hands and be willing to take a phone call or reply to the email or whatever, that initial starter where you send a video. And again, this could be truly personal. Again, it depends on the volume of your, of your lead flow. It depends on the value and some of the conversion metrics down throughout. You might not have time to send a truly personal video to each opportunity, but maybe across your team you do. A truly personal video is going to be more effective than a generic one almost every single time. That said, if it is high volume, you could record the video once and use it over and over again, and then you use the analytics to know whether to follow up with a truly personal one. But when you can reach out with a video early on, and say, hey, thanks so much for filling that form out on my website, or thank you for uh, entering to win this thing, or thank you for stopping by to see us, or whatever the case may be. I just wanted to put a face with the name, let you know I'm available to help, five minutes on the phone, we can blah, 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 you know, um, I'll also leave you a voicemail. And then on the voicemail, I say, hey, I'm the guy that sent you that video, you know, and, and just kind of close that loop. And this is the, now you're not just this generic email signature. You're not a perceived bot. I, I, I saw this research in the context of uh, a chat experience, like an online chat experience. Sure. But people absolutely hate when machines act like people. <laughs> right. It's like the, the perceived interaction with a with a, a, a chat bot where it's it's a bot acting as if a human or a bot that is acknowledging that it's a bot. The bot was far better received than the bot acting as a person once that was revealed. And so, yeah, again, the earlier on you can just get fa- Hey, I'm here for you. 
you've got this need or this interest. You at least have this interest. It might actually be a felt need. And if it is, let's talk about that. Um, So that can accelerate. I've seen it be really effective in setting more appointments. And then when you send a video to confirm the appointment, uh, we've seen it increase show rates. And so what you're doing in that video is, again, thanking them for making the commitment promising some specific value, like what they're going to get out of this thing, reminders of anything they maybe need to prep in advance or an acknowledgement that your team is already working to make sure this is a really great, um, you know, meeting for them. And um, we've seen that again, increase show rates. And then on the backside of the appointment is a really, really winning play because that allows you to speak to all the things. And this one must be personal. You can do the appointment confirmation generic as well, where you record the video once and you just leave the day, time, location information in the body of the email and you refer to, hey, all the information is right down below, blah, blah, blah. But the one after the meeting is super valuable as a video because you can meet them emotionally where they are and kind of like, are they coming to you and your business out of excitement or are they coming out of fear? Like, do they want to move into their dream home and they want to build it to their own design and they want to spec it out and they're just super excited and this is a really positive thing? Or is it a, um, you know, something bad happened in my life, I need to get my own plate? Like, you know, the people are coming in a variety of different ways. And so uh, being able to meet them where they are emotionally, speak to the things that got them excited in the first, in the meeting, uh, speak to things that they're concerned about, you know, if they're maybe, um, interviewing other uh, home builders potentially? Like, are they looking at a variety of sites and builders or are there multiple builders kind of in the same site uh, scenario? And so like, is do you need to speak to the unique qualities and benefits of you and your team and the way you are, you know, 98% of the time, the, the timeline is, is, is met as designed, you know, do you have more options? Whatever your USP is, um, you can communicate that better. And so um, those are all good. There's just a few ideas off the top of my head. Yeah, and those are and those, early stage. Those are early stage, but you, I'll give one more just to draw it farther down the stage. Go for it. Yeah. You. Um, meet the team. This is a really, this is one you can do personal or it's one that you can do uh, generic and by generic or evergreen, you record it once and use it over and over again. So let's say as a, as a salesperson or someone kind of on that promise side of the commitment, um, once you get to the commitment, there's typically some level of handoff. And so how do you take all of the goodwill and good feelings and trust that's been built up, minimize buyer's remorse and concern, and make sure that they know that they're still in the same great hands as before, that you're all one team, that you're a legit organization, that they're, they should feel amazing about this opportunity and amazing about their commitment. And so introduce the other team members that they're going to be engaging with. And again, put faces to names because in a lot of those seats, if they're going to work with two or three other people on your team from then on, they may never meet any of those people in person because it doesn't make sense to perhaps. And so again, just kind of humanizing the experience so that when I get an email from you or I get a voicemail from you, it's not this kind of anonymized blob face, you know, in my mind it's, it's, Oh, it's Tina. I love Tina. She sent me that video, right? Like I feel a little bit like I know Tina. And so I'm just going to engage with her differently as well. It's really interesting. So a lot of the human stuff that's happening underneath it. I'm going to give you a little, well, actually a big piece of insight that most construction companies don't even realize. Nearly all of the problems you encounter in your projects and business have one thing in common, communication or lack thereof. 
think about the last time a project went sideways. I'm guessing if you traced it back to its source, it had something to do with a miss or miscommunication. In fact, 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to poor communication during projects. Needless to say, good communication needs to be a priority in your business. And that's especially true with everything that's happening around us today. BuildBook has created a simple solution that makes communicating with your clients and team incredibly easy so nothing slips through the cracks. And as a reminder, they've also made it 100% free for you to use during this uncertain climate we're currently in. So hit pause right now and text BuildBook, one word, to 33777 and they'll send you a link to sign up. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, and those are good examples because they're they're super simple to take. It's after the person's taken an action. They filled out a form on the website, great, send a follow-up. Or you had a meeting, send one before, send one after. You know, there, there's easy connection points to, you know, string along that experience that they're having. And I always think about too, who else is getting a video response, you know, uh, or, or giving one of your competition. And so they're looking at, they are talking to multiple companies, you're going to immediately stand out. And to your point, somebody can see you. So you're more memorable than just hearing a voicemail or, you know, we all get emails full of text, So those all look the same, you know? Yeah. It's uh, so nuts. So like when I started, we had maybe two or 300 customers and now we have over 50,000 but that is the vast, vast, vast minority of people who could benefit from communicating in this way. And we have a lot more competition now than we did eight years ago, but none of them are, you know, blowing it out such that, um, you know, tons and tons of people are doing this. So to your point, the simple act of implementing this at some stage or all stages of the customer experience or the employee experience is going to differentiate you. Oh my gosh, these people are doing something different. I haven't seen this before. Or I haven't seen this since so-and-so did that one thing, right? It's, it's not super common, despite my best efforts. It's not as common as I think <laughs> yeah. it should be. One day um, it'll be more common. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. and so that's where I want to go next, which is when it does become more common, that's my sincere hope. It's the reason I wrote the book, even though no one was asking for a book about this topic. I was like, this needs to be written in order to get into more hands and get it in front of more people. It's just a better way to live and work. And so um, even when this does become more common, again, you, your team members, your culture, the way you operate, the way you make each other feel is transferred so much more effectively. Uh, by the way, if you have a, a terrible internal culture and people just hate going to work, don't use video. It's not, <laughs> not going to be good. But if on the other hand, you know that you hire well, that you have good team members who care about the company, they care about the customers, there's nothing better that you could that you could do than to equip them to communicate that on the, on a daily basis in a more human way, because that emotion, that sincerity is just transferred so much more effectively when I can see you and hear you rather than just read the words that you typed. And so even when this does become more common, you and your team members are still your best differentiator. They are the carriers of the brand. They are how the brand is manifest in a lot of cases, besides some of the like non-human touches like websites and user interfaces and pamphlets and things. Yeah. So let's let's get tactical for a minute here because I think a lot of times we listen to a podcast, go to a presentation, 
that sounds awesome. I'm ready to go. But then there's these couple of roadblocks and they can be super small, but they'll prevent you from taking action or just hang you up just enough that you just kind of keep thinking about it. And then you're frustrated that you're not actually doing it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if this is resonating with people, but this happens to me sometimes where you go and you're like, yes, great idea. And then you get hung up on the, how do I do this? So I guess in my experience, people get hung up around what technology do I use? And then what if I'm afraid to get in front of the camera? You know, so maybe you can speak to those two hurdles. Like how can people today, tomorrow, start sending quick, easy video follow-ups, you know, for their meetings yep. and that sort of thing. Great question. And, uh, and it is the right place to start. I appreciate that you went there. So, you know, we're at one of a number of services that make it easy to record and send videos. Um, again, we're called BombBomb. You can try it absolutely free for two weeks on our website. So you could do that today. And we have you know, a web app that you log into. We have a Chrome extension that allows you to record videos from the top of your browser and take the HTML or take the link and put it anywhere you want. It also activates a bunch of tools inside a Gmail inbox. So we use Google apps. So I check my email and Gmail. So I use BombBomb inside my Gmail inbox all the time. So instead of, if a customer sends me an email with a question in it, I'll, instead of typing it all out, I might just hit record and talk to them and they feel super special. And I just saved myself like three minutes of writing a four paragraph email because I just yeah. answered it in 75 seconds, right? Um, uh, mobile apps, etc. So what I'll say to the equipment pieces, and so you can, you can Google a variety of things around, you know, video tools and video tech or whatever, um, and find other ones too. I won't name them out of respect for <laughs> what we do and, and how sincere I am that we do it really well uh, and, in, yeah. and, in, and in a really, really good spirit as well. Um, and so there are, I would discourage anyone from trying to save a couple bucks by doing this themselves. Like you don't want to send the video as a link. You don't want to host it in a Dropbox folder and expect someone to go download your video. It's just silly. So what these services do and what BombBomb does is we host a video for you securely. We send a little animated preview of your video with the duration on it and people click it and it just starts streaming. So we take all of the guesswork out of that. And so it's just this easy, seamless flow. You just, you know, open it up uh, on your phone or on your laptop, you hit record three, two, one, and you just start talking to someone and then you can add some text and whatever else you want to do there. So that's kind of like a little bit of the technical side. The, the one thing I will say is you don't need fancy equipment. A lot of people sit on the sidelines because they're like, oh, I just need to figure out what camera to get. Like your webcam is already HD. Mine is built into my laptop. You might have a separate one that you plug in by USB for, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks. You can get a really nice HD webcam from Amazon uh, and just plug it into the side of any computer if you don't like what your webcam looks like. Your yeah, smartphone. we'll link up a few in the show notes. There's Logitech cool. for like 60 bucks. Like you yeah. said, HD, they're great, yeah. you know. Logitech C920 is the go-to. It's yeah. it's the one. It's like, I've seen it fluctuate in price, but it's, you know, it's been rock solid for years. We we have dozens of them in our office and, uh, and we always recommend that one. Anyway, in your smartphone, unless you bought your phone like six years ago or older, <laughs> Um, yeah. it has an amazing camera in it. And so you already have what you need to get started. The one thing I will say is the closer you can be to your microphone, like in my laptop is just kind of built in on the side. When I do podcasts like this, I get like a microphone and put it in my face and I plug it in by USB. Uh, your phone actually 
you can take your your buds and and you know plug those in and, and bring make sure the mic is close to your face. So two main errors here. One is being too far away from the microphone, um, and so you know be relatively close to the mic and know where the microphone is. Um, also know where the camera lens is. Like my lens on my smartphone or my iPhone is a little black dot on a black background. Be sure you know where nice. it is because yeah. you want to make eye contact, right? So you got to like, you got to look at it. And so just know where it is before you hit recording. If you have a white face on your phone, it's generally a lot easier because um, you just, it's right there. It's that black dot. Um, so get a white phone if you struggle with this. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> and so, um, so that, that's just some basic equipment considerations. If over time, as you get comfortable doing this, or you want to start a YouTube channel, or you want to start upping your production, because you're going to, you know, start doing it on LinkedIn on your feed and you want it to be more quote unquote professional. Um, you might upgrade your equipment over time, but don't let equipment be the reason you don't start today or tomorrow. The way you ask the question, like you have what you need to get started. Now I'll flip to the other side. The human side of it is you are not going to like the way you look and sound. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're not accustomed to seeing and hearing yourself. That is perfectly normal. And that is not a reason not to do it. My fear is that so many people have that feeling and they think it's just them because they're constantly, you know, if you're listening to a podcast like this one, you're the kind of person who is building into yourself. So you're typically the kind of person who is upward comparing. Um, I do this all the time. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, people who are kind of growth oriented will experience this kind of imposter syndrome is kind of the popular language for it. It's like, can I really do this? Am I out of my depth? Am I the, am I that person with regard to this simple, casual conversational video? You are that person. And it is perfectly normal to feel uncomfortable when you see yourself and hear yourself for the first time. That is the normal experience. Or the 10th or the 20th time. You know? Right, right. Intermittently. Like at this point, yeah. I don't really think about it, but I've sent 10,000 videos over the past eight years. And so like, I just you don't think about it, it so yeah. much anymore. That said, it still comes up from time to time. If I'm sending it to someone I really want to, you know, uh, I got an endorsement from Dan Pink. Um, author of many amazing books, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post bestselling author. I leaned on some of his research in Rehumanize Your Business and I wanted him to endorse it, you know, to get a quote on the back cover. And I was like, I thought twice about that video. I was like, oh, you know, is this, is this something he's going to respond to? Did I do that well enough? Was it structured well? I, was like, I went through some of that, but I just sent my first draft anyway, because it's not about that. It's about the way you're communicating it, not the exact specifics. And so, you know, typically you don't, you're not in your own head about what you look like and sound like, you know, you look in the mirror, what, maybe a half dozen times a day in the morning after you're, you know, getting dressed, uh, whenever you're brushing your teeth, maybe whenever you're washing your hands, like you might look in the mirror, but you're not staring yourself down and judging exactly how everything is looking yet. Somehow when you see yourself on a video camera, you feel like you have to, or that you should. So you're typically going to judge yourself far, far more harshly than anyone else will. You care about things that A, most people aren't going to notice. And B, even if they do, they don't care about. They care about what's in it for them. So typically where I see people fail out of the gate and, and like 
quit at this discomfort or live in this discomfort is that they think it's about them and it is not. It's about how you make other people feel. What is the opportunity? What is the value? What is the gratitude? What is the sincerity? Like, what do you want to convey to the other person? When you make it about the other person, you get out of your own head and it is a much, much more effective video. Video is like customer experience and it's good for customer experience because it's about how you're making the other person feel. Last thing here, the deepest human need is to be seen and appreciated, period. That's the deepest human need that we have. So when you look someone in the eye through the camera lens, that's why truly personal always makes a difference. If I can greet you by name and speak specifically to the situation that we're in together, no matter the stage of the relationship, you feel seen and appreciated. Someone recognizes me for who I am. Someone is speaking to my need or my excitement or my concern or my opportunity. And so it's not about you. Make it about the other person and you'll be in a good position. Awesome. Yeah, really good stuff. And yeah, just to quickly kind of recap, you know, you've got the tech in your pocket that you need, you know, via your phone and most likely built into your laptop, but you can pick up a, you know, a webcam for pretty, pretty cheap. And then there's tools, great tools like BombBomb out there that provide the other piece of the technology that you need to actually facilitate the sending of the videos um, it makes them look really sharp when they come through somebody's email. They can actually get a preview and and then get to the video. Um, and then, yeah, just start taking videos and shooting them and getting them out into the world. And that's how you get your reps in. Um, but Ethan, as we wrap, I've got one last segment of the show. Um, before we get to that, though, like just give us a quick snapshot of Rehumanize, the book uh, that you wrote and kind of what the premise is and then what's the best way people can pick up the book or connect with you if they have questions. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. So the reason I started writing this was, as I said earlier, alluded to anyway, I know that the world will be a better place when this is more common. I know we'll feel more connected to each other, to our customers, to our team members, et cetera. We get to be ourselves a little bit more. It's the skills are highly transferable. I wasn't guesting on podcasts. I wasn't speaking on stages. I wasn't hosting webinars. All of that came na- like naturally step by step. And, and a lot of those skills were built by speaking to people in videos. And so there's just so many benefits to it. So essentially we call this movement relationships through video in order to draw the line against kind of scripted, lit, produced, edited, green screen, drone, dot, 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 all that stuff, right? That's all really, really good. This book and this movement is about a lighter weight, easier approach called relationships through video. So everyone can participate in relationships through video, whether or not you're doing marketing through video. So what what we did was essentially the what, why, who, when, and how. What is relationships through video? Why does it matter to me and my business and my customers? When would I actually send a video compared to text? We talked about a little bit of that today, but we walk out more use cases. how do I actually do this? We touched on that a little bit too, but we go deeper into kind of tools, tech type stuff. Our editor really wanted us to put that in there. It's published by Wiley. And then uh, who, what, when, where, why? How. How. Yeah, we went through the how a little bit, like equipment (laughs) considerations and things. And then we have a couple advanced strategies toward the end. We have, you know, um, how do I follow up? 
uh, more effectively? What do I do if I send a video email to 532 people? What do I do with the 280 people who opened it but haven't yet played the video? How do I follow up on that? Um, and so follow-up strategies, tips to get more emails opened, more videos played, more replies or responses or link clicks. And so, uh, and then in the last chapter is just kind of a look to the future, like where is this going? And so the goal there was, again, to put it all in one tangible package. We took our best learnings and teachings, our favorite stories, things we've learned from our customers and from our own experience, and just kind of put them all together. Like to get it, this is a question our editor who's deciding whether or not to do this project with us. I really wanted to be published by Wiley because I've read so many books from them, uh, business books in particular, and just that's what I wanted for us and for this project. And so I had to like sell it to him because we're no-name authors from essentially a no-name company. And uh, he was like, why isn't this just an article? I was like, if you wanted to get the information in this book, you'd have to like, you'd have to watch five stage presentations and check out these seven webinars and read these, uh, you know, 47 blog posts and all this. So we just kind of put it all together into one in a smart, logical flow. And uh, it'll walk anyone into why this matters and kind of how to get started and some really practical stuff uh, to do that. Super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So best place to pick it up? Uh, you can, yep. You can search uh, Rehumanize Your Business at Amazon. It's an audiobook, digital book, and hardcover. Steve and I did get to read the audiobook, which is kind of a cool experience. And if you want to learn more about what's in it, you can visit bombbomb.com forward slash book. It's just the word bomb twice, B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B.com slash book. And we put together a nice page there that's like, why does this thing exist and what's inside? <laughs> cool. Yeah. And we'll put that link in the show notes for you guys too. Uh, so Ethan, you've been on the podcast a couple of times prior, but I don't think we had our last uh, segment of the show. So we're going to do that. And if, if we've done it already, we'll, we'll go back and see if your answers match. So Good. We call, we, <laughs> I'm a different person than that. Yeah. You're, so you're I, a new, a new man. So yeah, we call this segment, the fast five. So I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions. Just say whatever comes to mind. But first question is favorite business book and why? Um, gosh, the, my favorite business book that I'm reading right now is called The Context Marketing Revolution. It's by a guy named Matt Sweezy from Salesforce. And uh, the premise of it is just, instead of asking, how do we make our marketing better? We should be asking, why doesn't it work? And he, it's just highly, highly provocative. And it really has a strong customer experience tied to it. Again, Context Marketing Revolution. Cool. All right. Who is the most inspirational person in your life? Um, I'll say my wife um, always shows up, always leads in service of others, even though she doesn't have to. Um, constantly inspiring. Awesome. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, flying would be super fun. Invisibility would be um, probably more functional. I'll go with flying because it was the first thing that came to mind. And I think it'd be really fun. There you go. Yeah. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Um, gosh, I'll tell you the three most important things you can be. And I aspire to these. I don't know that this is what I am, but I think the three most important things you can be are honest, smart, and caring. Um, and there is kind of subtext under all of those, but Honest, smart, and caring is a recipe for a good experience in life. Cool. All right. Final question is, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? 
um, the next time you click send, which is, could be in moments, moments from right now, think, <laughs> would this be better if I said it in person? That's the video opportunity in email. It's like, it's, this, it doesn't have to be this pro production as you already said. It's like, would this be better if I just look someone in the eye and communicated it? In so many cases, the answer is going to be yes. And so I want that to be a nagging question until someone actually kind of gets up that courage to try to send their first video to say thank you or good job or congratulations, or I've been thinking about you, or I'm sorry to hear the bad news or whatever the case may be. Some of these like these easy messages that are infused with your sincere thoughts and feelings, um, stop holding them back. And, uh, and so until you do that, keep thinking, anytime you click send, would this be better if I said it in a video? I like it. Good advice. And uh, Ethan, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you so much. I always enjoy it. And uh, I look forward to the next time. All right. Sounds good. See you at Chipotle soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ethan. Again, I like to pull out some takeaways. Ethan had a ton of good information in there, but there's a few, I think, takeaways that rise to the top for me. And that is one send something out within the next day, the next 24 hours, a simple video email. Like Ethan said, there's tons of tools out there. He works for a company called BombBomb. They're a great company. They're actually based here in the Springs with us, but there are other tools. Uh, So find a tool, send your first video. It could be a recap to a meeting. It could be a, hey, we've got this meeting coming up, but just get that first rep in. Use your phone, use your webcam, use your laptop, Use something that you've already got and then get that shipped out the door. And then the second one is look for a number of other places that you could start inserting uh, video into the process. And I think about Ethan's last piece of advice there. Every time you send an email, say, hey, would this be better via video? And I think it's a great question to ask because if you look at all the touch points you have with prospects, with customers, how much more Uh, Could you elevate their experience if you added more human interaction through video? And again, a lot of times it actually saves time because you're not typing up a big email, but it adds so much more. So those were my two big takeaways. And then, of course, we'll put the link uh, to his book in the show notes. I highly recommend that you pick that up as well. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.